welcome to the Midas Duchess. I'm your host, Chris Chusa, and this is Charlie Bradbury. Welcome back to the Midas Touches, to a huge episode where we're going to be joined later by the three-time champion jockey, current champion jockey, Asheen Murphy. Excited? Yeah, very excited. What a guest to get on. I mean, he's a racing royalty at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially like racing's equivalent of either Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah, I guess I <laughs> guess it is. Or, or yeah. No, sorry, Ronaldo. You said Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, Messi. Or Fernandez. Or Ronaldo. Fernandez. Um, little recap on last week. Should we do the news? Go on then. Uh, ben Curry. Great to have him on the podcast. But again, not much success with his picks. Surprised? No, not surprised at all. Uh, I think mostly because there wasn't much method to it, which would probably make sense. Even though that sometimes works. It didn't work for him. In other news, Dysart Dynamo, wow. Potential Supreme winner? Yeah, you'd like to think so. <laughs> you, you've backed him, haven't you? So, so I think, uh, yeah, maybe, but probably not because Constitution Hill is our horse. Indeed. Uh, was even tipped up by Fred Howard. He must be happy. Fred would be delighted. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if he, he, he's, he's good on like a weekend acker kind of thing, but I don't know if he's, he's into tipping horses. So well done him. Wow. One man who's not so happy though, Boris Johnson again. <laughs> Damn, poor fella. He's got to be on his way out, no? Yeah, poor fella. I feel really bad for him. Uh, no, I mean, what what an idiot. So, again, well, yeah, echo my comments from last week. Yeah, needs to go. Also a bad week for Emma Raducanu and Andy Murray, both out the Australian Open. Sad? Yeah, I am sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found out. Well, she nailed Sloane Stevens, which was good. And then apparently had a blister on her, her racket hand, so was advised not to play. But I'm I'm gutted that she's out. Andy, he's old, so like, you know, fair enough to him. But much more to come from Amber in the future, I'm sure. No blisters for Kieran Riley, who completed a triple flare on his BMX bike. His reaction was priceless, wasn't it? <laughs> I d I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It was priceless. Everyone, it's on BBC, so just search it. That does uh, sound awesome, for the YouTube video, I'll put it in now. Uh, and finally, no more working from home. Good move or worried about Omicron? <laughs> I think I think great move first. I love the office. You know, I'm a big fan of all my colleagues, so I like seeing them. And yeah, happy to be heading back into the office ASAP. Great. Well, that does the news. Thought that was a nice addition of it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's my new favourite segment, apart from our guest bit, obviously, because, you know, well, I love our guests. So, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's the intro done. Uh, we're going to go for a little break where you guys can enjoy our jingle again. After the break, we're going to be joined by three-time champion jockey, Asheen Murphy. We'll see you after the music. Right, welcome back to the Midas Touches. Hope you enjoyed the first part of the episode. We've now reached the most exciting part of the podcast. We've got our guest, 
on Zoom right here. The man joining us today really needs no introduction. He's been champion jockey on the flat for the last three years. The winner of no less than 22 Group 1s. And he's just got an auger installed in his kitchen. Asheen Murphy, <laughs> welcome to the Midas Touches. Thanks very much, gents. Uh, thanks for having me on. I've heard lots of good things about this podcast, so I hope our listeners will be kept entertained. <laughs> well, that's kind of you. Um, obviously, you're taking a break from racing at the moment um, to focus on your mental health. So first of all, we just want to say a massive well done for that. Um, it's a huge step uh, and yeah, just a huge well done. Um, what are you up to at the moment? We've seen a lot of, lot of sort of show jumping. Uh, how are you keeping occupied? Yeah. So I've been, I'm trying to keep busy. It's uh, it's incredible. I went from, you know, literally my life was at 100 miles an hour uh, over the last couple of years, traveling all over the world to uh, nothing. And obviously I tasted that last year over a three-month period. And um, this time I think I'm <clears throat> I'm going to be out for quite a bit longer. Uh, I volunteer for the Riding for the Disabled, uh, which is local to me in Chilton Foliot. And it's quite incredible. Uh you know, I go there for a few hours and it really puts some perspective on things. Um, I've been show jumping and hunting a couple of days a week, uh, which is great fun. It's I obviously love riding and that's the very first yeah. reason why I wanted to be a jockey. Uh, so that gives me a good buzz. And other than that, guys, I just try and not get too bored. Um, try and get out of the house at a reasonable time every day. And not get into that routine where <clears throat> one feels sorry for themselves or, uh, you know, because then you start feeling down and depressed when really there's nothing to be down about. Um, so briefly, that's kind of what I've been up to. Um, every day I, I write a, in my calendar something I have to do the next day. So today I feel like I've achieved something and, um, and the same again tomorrow. That's really good. And actually, that's such a healthy way of, of looking at life, I think. And I can see like, I mean, it must get so tiresome just waking up every morning at five in the morning, going and riding out. And then after you've done that, having to go over to a race course, which could be what? Like, I mean, you might be flying to France or something in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, that they're the good days, the flying to France, because you're probably riding in a black type <laughs> race on a horse that yeah. you want to ride. But it's the it's the days um, during the championship season when you're going racing for seven or eight horses that you don't think can win. Uh, and the first six get beat and then your head's down uh, and kind of your competitors in the championship are riding lots of winners then you have to pick yourself up because every time you get on that horse and get into starting stalls you have a chance of winning whether you don't really think you can win or not you've got to give them the best opportunity yeah absolutely but also as as Tris mentioned of course you're you're you know you, you've won the 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 championship three the, lo- the last three times and um so you're clearly you've got that real appetite for racing and and you know you are going up and down the country and doing all this stuff so it must be a real slog for you you know it, it, it's it's really commendable that you're sort of going you know putting yeah. so much effort into all, all your racing basically yeah i think the on a personal level uh i always wanted to achieve the champion jockey thing and then you know, after the year after, I don't think anyone really remembers, but it means so much at the time. And then obviously the guys that put me up on all these horses, uh, they want me to be champion jockey for their owners and for themselves. There's some massive kind of team thing and, yeah. and I can feel getting behind me. 
And then obviously there's more stress and pressure on me because I don't, not only I don't want to leave myself down, I most certainly don't want to leave all the people that are behind yeah, me yeah. down. Uh, yeah. And, and cheering me on. <clears throat> so that's kind of the, the mindset I got into. Like, guys, in 2019, uh, it was tough at times, but it was home and I was home and hosing the championship by Goodwood. Uh, 2020 was very stressful because I had the Franz Gallo um, drug uh, yeah, yeah, positive were around me and then this year um, I obviously the alcohol positive from May I knew about and I knew the Mykonos um, not quarantining yeah. not quarantine issue was going to come to light but I never knew when so I was and I couldn't obviously say anything because I you know there was no point mentioning it uh, and then people a media storm people asking oh when are you going to be off riding because I didn't know myself so I had to contend with all of that and then um, William Buke riding so well and, and putting pressure on me the whole way through the, the year, you know. Yeah. But you still managed to win. So well done for that. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, guys. I mean, it, it, was, um, it was a slog. Yeah. But, uh, but it was nice to get it done, particularly with all the, those pressures uh, still there. And, and, and really, um, yeah, it, it was intense. Do you, think, do you think it's something you'll want to do again? Or do you think, like, you've done that now? Uh, maybe not this year. Uh, firstly, because it's unlikely I'll, I'll be back riding on time. And uh, secondly, I suppose um, I, I need to just focus, and focus on uh, doing the right thing and rebuilding all the, the contacts that, uh, that maybe I, I made unsteady over the last few seasons. Yeah. Um, because I try and be in a good humour all the time and be very polite and courteous, but... Obviously, there are times when I'm not uh, proud of, of my mood and uh, and behavior, and um, and yeah, I think the next the next year or whenever I'm back riding, I, I need to just focus on um, trying to ride good horses and trying to keep people happy, and then hopefully in the next few years after that, I know we're always planning ahead, uh, but I can go for another championship because I don't want anyone to think that oh uh, he doesn't drink anymore and he's calmed down, he's not socializing as much maybe he's not as, as talented as he was or isn't as good, basically, as clinical at making yeah. decisions. Uh, and and honestly, I mean, these are the sort of fears I have. So um, I, I would definitely like to put that right in the coming years. Yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, and obviously, we can't wait to see when you're, when you're back in the saddle, but also when you're, you know, feeling confident and, and feeling happy because that is ultimately um, what it's all about. And, you know, being a jockey is such a stressful 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 way to live let's move on to the part where we're going to take your selections so okay <laughs> we've given for just warn the, warn the <laughs> listeners i am a terrible tipster okay <laughs> i am the world's worst tipster uh but i will i have tried i've put time and effort i've had hours to study yeah <laughs> i'm ready I'm ready to give your listeners some winners. We, we let you at least do the flat and so because we heard you, you're not so keen on the jumps. So so we allowed right. you at least to do the, do the flat <laughs> racing. It's not that I'm not keen, but my knowledge is non-existent. Okay, yeah. but anyway, let's um, go. So um, 120 at Lingfield. Race, yeah, I think um, I think I have to do this from memory. I think I picked out uh, George Bowie's horse, written by the champion apprentice to be this season. Harry Davis. Um, Harry Davis, yeah. Uh, the horse was at a higher mark um, in the past. And uh, and um, on the last time he won was actually, I think, at Linkfield. Um, 
he his I think his mark is fair. I think your man's great value. Harry Davis great value for seven pounds, and George Bowie is is brilliant um, at, at placing horses, uh, and he's not a, a ridiculous price. So I don't think he's going to be a ridiculous price. So that's my selection there. Lovely. Um, I, given what you've just said about uh, about being a terrible tipster, I really like that horse in that race as well. Oh so. God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a good sign then. I don't not know. a good sign. No, 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 no. Anyway. <laughs> okay, uh, the 150, I think, is the next one we gave you. Yeah, um, I liked Marco Body's horse here, Mubashir. Nice. Uh, I thought he did well to win on his last start. Um, a little bit worried about the draw. I thought it was going to be quite tactical this race. Uh, the favourite, I think, is drawn four, and this fellow is drawn six. I'm doing this from memory, guys. Um, well, you're doing very well and, from uh, memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, basically, I quite—he's a small horse. He should handle that track very well. I didn't actually look into course and distance form that much. He's got um, it, but he's nimble. I remember seeing him as a type. And uh, yeah, Marco Body's actually having not lots of runners, but he's having a decent time of it. So uh, I thought, and I definitely, unless the race they do something silly like go too fast or it's a hack sprint. Um, I didn't think a lot of the bigger price horses could really get involved. I didn't think they were progressive. Um, and I, I felt a lot of those older horses, probably their best days are behind them. Yeah. Um, Isn't this getting weird now? Because didn't you, you, you I, like that horse? I though? did like that. I think <laughs> that there hasn't been a market, but I, I would have thought that will probably be uh, be favourite. Ryan Moore's booked as well. Yes. And um, won pretty impressively last time over the course and distance. Funnily enough. Oh, okay. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so 340 is the big one at Lingfield, the um, the Winter Oaks. Uh, who did yeah. you land upon there? Yeah, I, I think Roger Charlton is an incredible trainer and uh, he's done a very, very good job with this uh, Autad filly. I think she was beaten on her first three starts and then she went on a, a massive uh, winning run. Her name is Um Harur. Uh, Ryan Moore is due to ride her. Uh, sorry for another Ryan Moore selection. Obviously, they're always going to be a bit shorter than they would be if, if someone else was riding it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good spot for her. I'm very happy with the draw. The 10 furlong start at Linkfield is straight into the turn. And often if you're drawn low and even if you jump fine, uh, people cross you and you just get badged about and you end up having to take back and you can't hold your position. Um, and Linkfield is a... Is a you know, particularly from that start, is quite tactical. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought 10 was a good good draw for her. I didn't see a whole lot of pace and she doesn't pull, so I thought he could slide up there and uh, hopefully take a bit of beating. Mate, that's cracking. Um, I really like those selections. I think that they're going to hopefully do quite well. But listeners, do remember... Machine's already told us he's a terrible tipster. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't necessarily and bet responsibly. We sound yes. like uh, we're working for Betfair or Ladbrokes <laughs> or something. Please bet responsibly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, but yeah, thank you so much for those, Machine. Um, right, so we've now got some questions from our from our uh, listeners, some of which are absolutely fantastic. I'll start off with quite an easy one, uh, quite a weird mm. one. Do you like mushrooms? <laughs> I do, I do, yeah, yeah, but not the magic type that you think. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm think we. I don't think we were thinking it, of that. Field, I, field mushrooms. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Um, secondly, uh, from another listener, if it wasn't racing, what profession would you choose? Uh, guys, I'm not very intelligent, and uh, I wasn't qualified to do anything. Uh, so I, I would have tried to make it as a show jumper. Um, 
a lot of top English and Irish guys I kind of idolise even now. <clears throat> the likes of Scott Brash, Ben Mayer. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I look up to them. They're unbelievable riders. So I would have gone off and trained with them and tried to make a go of it. Do you think there would ever be a chance of you lining up in the show jumping at the Olympics or something in the future? Because presumably the skills are, you know, transferable to an extent. Uh, a little bit. I mean, it is very different. Um, I, I show jump currently, but at quite an amateur sort of level. Um, I'm literally at like international level, but bronze tour, which isn't anything to get too excited about. I don't think I'll ever get to five-star level. Mm. Um, the Olympics is a lifetime away from me personally, uh, but I will try and improve and get and, and get to a decent level eventually. That's great. Um, that would be pretty exciting. We'll definitely be following you uh, in that in that journey. Um, another question, which I really like. You're a Chelsea fan, right? Yes. Which player would make the best jockey? <laughs> I think on a serious note, that's uh, I think Kante is only 165, 168 centimeters. He's tiny. He's like five, <laughs> yeah. six, five, seven, and uh, he is very agile. Um, I know he doesn't speak English that well, but I'm sure if he focused on it, he could he could pick it up a bit better than he has at the moment. And yeah, uh, he's the most obvious one. I'd absolutely yeah. love to see that, him. That was the one that jumped to mind for me. Yeah. There? The other one yeah. I was thinking of was potentially uh, Aspilicueta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not very tall either, but Aspilicueta is probably even, I mean, for a footballer, he's old now. And uh, if he was going to transfer his skills to trying to be a jockey, he's also a bit too old. <laughs> Imagine like sort of Tony Rudiger on a horse. <laughs> yeah. He's just a bit, a bit too lanky. Tony Rudiger would be the horse. Yeah. <laughs> he would stay, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. He'd be running in a golf yeah. cup or, or certainly Lukaku. I yeah. mean, there's... There are two-year-olds uh, lighter than Lukaku. <laughs> that is so good. Um, another listener asked, uh, have you got any horses that you like this season from Andrew Balding or elsewhere? Yeah, Australian Angel really disappointed uh, when she ran in a novice. I think she there must have been something amiss. She may have gone over the top. Her work before that was uh, very smart. Um Smart enough that I thought she would, could definitely make her mark at black type level. I actually saw her in the stable earlier and uh, she hasn't filled out into this great beast, but she looks well and I hope she can be a filly that can step out in the spring. Um, I didn't actually work her on grass, but on the all weather she felt very well and I don't see um, digging the ground being an issue to her uh, in the early part of the year. Um, March, April time. So I'd like you to follow her. Uh, I suppose of the ones you may not know, um, I'm trying to give you something exciting. Uh, Woolsey disappointed a couple of times for Sheikh Fad and Andrew. Um, his work again was like a horse that should easily be winning a maiden. Yeah. Uh, and when he steps out, I suppose the fact he has a few disappointing performances by his name uh, should make him a, a a decent value sort of price, um, or certainly a horse that you might want to look at and get stuck into. Um, and of the older horses, uh, Chill Chill, you know she hasn't won a Group One sprint yet, but I think she will. Um, she is a massive improver yeah, year on yeah, year, yeah. and I saw her earlier as well, and she looks 
amazing. Um, it's too early to pick out any two-year-olds for you guys. Uh, they yeah, literally bet. aren't even named yet. Um, but if we do one of these again in like in April or May time, hopefully I'll have a few that uh, have have stepped up and shown something. Yeah, that would be great. Um, oh, lads, I'll just give you a horse that will probably keep going. Um, I think Jabbar, uh, if he focuses his mind and, and they put the headgear on him, I think that horse can go through uh, to a, a higher grade. Um, yeah. He got himself handicapped by being lazy and not trying. Um, he wasn't doing a stroke. And uh, now that he started concentrating, I'd hope he can go on a little bit of a, an upward curve. Awesome. Awesome. Good ones there. Um, You've got a question about social media. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just doing a bit of research before before the podcast, and I saw that you basically it was it was during the jockey's title um, challenge late late last season, and you lost on an odds on shot, uh, quite a short price. And some guy, I've got the tweet here. He said, uh, "How are you getting a two to two to nine shot turned over?" Buick has you on toast. And then you then replied to that, uh, he doesn't eat carbs, which I thought was very funny. Um, but obviously, it's actually, it's actually quite a big problem within the sport. And you were sport generally in racing, um, especially given like the gambling connotations. So sort of how, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Because obviously, it's a, it's a big thing to have to deal with. Yeah, I just like it. And uh, sometimes I'll respond with something smart like that. And uh, it's amazing, guys, when you confront uh, these fellas sometimes they they completely change their attitude and they've kind of a, a fan rather than a yeah. uh, user afterwards. Uh, it's it's honestly astonishing. Um, so yeah, that's how I deal with it. Uh, it affected me a lot more when I was like a, an apprentice and, um, you know, and actually it might affect me more if I think I've given a horse a bad ride. But when I've given them every chance to win and they get beat, uh, as long as in my own mind I'm happy with the decisions I made and the ride I gave them, then it has no bearing on, on my yeah. On, yeah. on my sleeping path. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and especially as most of them are bloody clueless anyway. So they probably <laughs> yeah. just lost a five or something on a two to nine shot. So <laughs> you know, um, yeah. That actually leads quite nicely into the final question, which I uh, sent to you just before we started recording, which was, if you could change any result of any race that you've ridden in, which one would it be and why? Yeah, there are many, uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, although, I mean, I can't really pick out one, but Roaring Lion in the Racing Boss Trophy, uh, when Saxon Warrior, Warrior beat him, that was a killer because the horse never showed a turn of foot before. Uh, he looked like, in the Royal Lodge, he looked like a mile and a half or some yeah. bloody stare. Uh, looked like he lacked gears. And in his work, he never went whoosh like that. And then at Doncaster, he went whoosh and pulled up. And um, I felt like an idiot. But having worked now that I'm a bit older, I held my hands up that I messed up. But actually, uh, I didn't mess up. Um, yeah. How was I to know he was going to stop? And I was still sat on him inside the two, you know, when everyone else was at work around me. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think... I think that one was major. Uh, lightning spear in the lockage when Rhododendron beat him in a photo finish oh, and everyone that. won. Uh, I thought I'd won. Ryan Moore thought I'd won. Um, and I got a lot of stick on racing TV. Uh, James Willoughby told, told uh, viewers that I challenged on the wrong part of the track. Well, in all my riding career, I've never known a bias uh, at Newbury on on 
decent ground yes. across the track. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just can't buy into that. Um, but I suppose people like controversy and he created some, some commentary and, uh, and that's his job. Um, and that's fine. And uh, in Australia, um, I wrote I wrote Spirit of Valor for Aidan O'Brien in the Manicato Stakes, and I got beaten like a head in the last fifty yards. Yeah. Uh, and it would have been nice. I was only twenty one. It would have been nice to win a Group One in Australia for like the trainer I idolised as a child. Um, yeah, of course. That would that would have been an amazing uh, thing, but it didn't happen. Well, hopefully. Um... There'll be more in the future. Uh, never say never. Yeah. Um, Asheen, it's been... Wait, I actually, I've got oh, yeah. one more I've got one more <laughs> question. Uh, so I, I saw in an interview, I think this was ages ago, like 2014 or something like that. But you were sort of asked, like, who's your favourite musician or something like that? And you said uh, Justin Bieber was the answer. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to know, yeah. is, that, is that still the case? And, and what do you think of his new work? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, I admire I think his uh, wife is beautiful. Um <laughs> And I'd love to meet him, uh, but um, I'm not a fan of his current music. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think he needs to focus more on his music. <laughs> Ashid, that's epic. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been so great to talk to you and to know that you're doing well. We hope that we'll be able to get you on uh, at some point, maybe closer to the start of the flat season. Uh, but for now... Uh, goodbye and thank you so much cheers gents god bless what an interview that was yes we were really good actually um i i was so most excited apart from to know if he's still like justin bieber i was most excited to hear about his horses to follow and they sound like it could be quite interesting yeah i so, like how he gave us uh like a few different types as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um definitely ones to watch for sure um, and it sounded like his selection's pretty good as well. I mean, we agreed well, with two of them. Yeah, if we agree with them, I think they've got to be good, right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. I do, no, genuinely, I do like that anything today in, in the 120 at Lingfield. I think that Harry Davis, Harry Davis has had four rides in his career so far as one, two of them. He's one of them, and, and one of them being for George Bowie. So this would be a second ever ride for George Bowie. I think the horse is sort of handicapped down to a mark where he could be pretty lethal. And I've just seen 12 to 1, I think. So, yeah, yeah that's a pretty good price. Uh, his final selection, though, we both liked serenading. Big weight swing. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's related to the horse that Asheen, Asheen tipped, who's the favourite for that race. Um, hooray. And Yeah, and our theory was they'd run the time before and serenading was giving loads of weight. Um, Herrera has been put up £10 that performance and also had a £5 claimer on last time. So basically like £15 up in the weights. And serenading got put up two, I think. So they're now they're off level weights now. Yeah. But he needs to find two lengths. And serenading is 12 to 1. The other one's what? 11 to 4. 11 to 4. So the price is all wrong, basically. Whether that means Serenade's going to win has never won at the distance. Don't even run at the distance, I don't think. Or yeah, yeah, it has, so, has, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, but so maybe not for win purposes. But I think in, in a simple match play between those two, I think Serenade's got to have the upper hand. Sounds good to me. Price one. So overall, we're going for the same as Asheen in the first two, anything today, and uh, more Basher. Yeah. And then the third one, we'll take him on with Serenade at a price 
um, yeah. we'll see who comes out on top. Yeah, well, and you hopefully, can't disagree with the you know champion jockey. Well, no. he's got to know something about racing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's probably quite a good judge, yeah. even <laughs> though he's quite modest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what an episode! Uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it at home and had some of your questions answered as well. I thought he was very funny about Angelo Cante as well. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. Was well, it, it, it was the one that jumped out to, to me, certainly. So, yeah, made, made yeah. sense. Uh, Angolo, if you're looking for a career change, you know where to go. Um, that's all for this week. We got, we'll see you uh, next week, as always. We've got a very exciting guest, which will be announced next Monday or Tuesday. Uh, for now, though, it's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. <laughs>